0: Today we're going to turn to the book of Jude, one of the books that are right before the book of Revelation. A lot of people are talking about the book of Revelation today. You know, they keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up and say, you know what? The time is now that some people say that we're going through, you know, the tribulation period. We're not. Don't worry about that. We are actually, in my opinion, we are actually in the book of Jude. We're right before the book of Revelation starts happening. We're right before the rapture of the church, right before the wrath of God falls upon the earth. The book of Jude chapter one, because there's only one chapter makes it nice and easy. Verse number one, the Bible says Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James to them that are sanctified by God, the father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Well, I want to bring up first one thing. We'll just stop there for a second because I'm going to read the whole thing eventually. This book is for those that are sanctified, for those that are preserved in Christ, and for those that are called, which means anybody that's saved, this book is for. If you're not saved, If you don't know the Lord as your savior, if you've never called upon him to trust you as or to to trust him as savior, then guess what? This this book's not for you. But there is a part that is at the very end of it. Verse three, beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. And exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. And denying the only Lord God. And our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in in remembrance. Though ye once knew this. How that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt. Afterward destroyed them that believed not, and the angels which were which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation and hath reserved yet he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them. For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perish in the of Cor. These are the spots in your feasts of, of charity when they were when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. That sounds pretty bad. Sounds really bad. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these saying, behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches, which they ungodly, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, making men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and and of others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, the only wise God, our Savior and glory and majesty, be yeah dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for your, your word. We thank you for this book of Jude. Lord, I ask that you'll just use me just to show a little bit, just a little bit of what you've shown me. Lord, I ask that you'll just continue to bless. Lord, we ask that you'll just be with Zach and, and Pastor Toby. Lord, as they're there at that meeting. Lord, we ask that you'll speak to the hearts. Lord, encourage them, help them to follow you. Lord, in your name. Amen. The book of Jude, as I mentioned a little bit, the book of Jude starts off and it explains who this book is for, who this book is actually written to. And originally, Jude was going to talk and he was going to write about the common salvation. The common salvation is what's commonly known by all Christians. It's the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's salvation through the blood atonement of, of his sacrifice. You know, for our sins. That's what he's going to write about. But what he saw is he saw the church. He saw the church and how at that time. Evil was coming in. No better way to say it, except it was just evil. It was people that didn't believe that Jesus died on the cross. He didn't believe that Jesus was actually the savior. Didn't believe that he was God. He didn't believe they didn't believe. What we believe as Christians. And they were there in the church. We see that all over America today. We see that in, in churches that are in this city. We see churches in, in this, in this area. Probably, I would say within five miles of this church. We see that everywhere. And the problem is, is we as Christians, we as Christians, we've come complacent to it. We're OK. We're all right with it. We're all right with it. You know. It reminded me when I was I was talking to to Jay um, Sunday and I already kind of had an idea I was going to preach on this. I was you know, I was actually it's kind of funny, you know, on a side note. I was going to preach on. Being light. Being the light of the world. It's originally what I was going to preach on. But just like Job. I mean, just like, just like Jude. I can't do that. I can't do that. I mean, it's a time that we're in. I mean, you see the church. The church has fallen apart. The church has fallen apart. We've gone to a point where things are just okay. We'll just put up with it. It'll be, it'll be right. It'll be okay. We don't have to say anything. It's not our place. Well, the book of Jude tells us it is our place. It is our place to say something. You see something that's not biblical. You see something that isn't right. You see people stirring up strife. You see people saying things that aren't true. Stand up and say something. Stand up. Fight. It's okay. It's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're supposed to earnestly contend, the Bible tells us. But I haven't gotten that far yet. You know, Jude... I mean let me get back to the Bible here because I'm I'm starting to get all kinds of confused here. But let like, you know, I'm just so burdened by our our church and have been for a while. Or not not our church, no, not not Walridge, but our church is a Christian church. I'm so concerned about our church that it's it's falling apart. It's literally falling apart. Our pastors, our preachers, they're just there for they're like hirelings, the Bible calls them. Right, right. They're there, but are they there to preach the word? Or are they there to make their pockets bigger? Right. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm tired of being there and just being there. Yeah. I'm tired of just having you know, being you know, seeing something and not saying something. Yeah. You know, you hear about this. This shooting that they had, you know, and and people are, they always say they always say, oh, well, we saw that we saw some signs, but we just didn't know. Well, the Christian is the same way. The church is the same way. We see the signs. We see things going on. We see we question things. You know, it reminds me of a time when when um, me and D were we're we're just going to to college. we were out of college. We came home. Came back to our home church and we sat in a Sunday school class, you know, and. When we sat there. The Sunday school teacher was sitting in the pastor's office teaching a Sunday school class, nothing wrong with that, nothing at all. If you've got room, throw a class in there, right? But what he did is he opened up the Bible. And he had something other than the Bible. And I knew at that point that I should have said something and I didn't say anything. You know, how many times do these things happen that we just don't say anything? You know, I'll tell you what, the Lord shown me a lot of things through my life since then. And I'm not going to not say anything anymore. You know, when when things come up and I'm if the Lord puts me in that place. I'm going to say something. I mean, it just it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, what are they going to do? Stone me. I mean. What's the worst that's going to happen to you? I mean, being drawn and quartered. There are many of them in the Bible that that's happened to. I haven't heard anybody about, you know, in America that that's happened to recently. I mean, maybe another country, which, you know, by the way, um, America, we we are. Really? It ain't about us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, right. this this whole thing is not about us. We're just getting in on it. Yeah. This whole thing is about Israel. Yeah. You know, I mean, America's here because God wanted us here. <laughs> you know, I'm getting all away from my notes here, so, but but I'm going to tell you what: America's blessed only because of our stand. Not only with Israel, but on God, the Bible. That's why we're blessed. That's why we're blessed. That's why that's why everything that's happening in our country now is happening in our country now, because we've taken the Bible and we've made it something other than the word of God. That's what's happened. But Jude came and he wrote. This letter. To. Christians that we should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto stains and in verse 4 he says for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of God unto the civicness why big words I mean I know the Bible is written you know it's supposed to be written I believe to the fourth grade level well it may as well have been like the 17th grade level or whatever that is. I mean, because I, big words like this, I just can't say. I can't say these words. And like some of these names, I can't say them either. I mean, if you were in the, the children's service the other day, yeah, you'd have known because I just skipped them. <laughs> but, and denying, the Bible says, and denying the only Lord God in our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on and talks about some of those different groups of people that denied. The Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ. But today I went through all that because in verse seventeen the Bible says, But, beloved, remember ye the words which are spoken before of the apostle of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll stop there and we'll turn to the book of Second Peter, chapter three. Second Peter, chapter three is just a few books back. Chapter three, verse one. The Bible says this second epistle write I now unto you. This is Peter writing this is obviously it's second Peter. So this is the second epistle, beloved, I write unto you in both which I stir you up or stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and savior. This is that same remember that Jude is talking about knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after your own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. You see, this has been going on for a long time. A long time. People mocking, making fun, poking fun at you, you know, saying, "Ah, oh, you don't really know anything. The Bible's not true. How many times you got to tell me that the Lord's coming? Every service we have, we, we always end, you know, and say, in a general, I don't know exact words, but I mean, in general words, even so come Lord Jesus. We're waiting for his return. Are you waiting for his return? Are you waiting? Are we truly waiting for the Lord's return? Are we excited about it? Do we look forward to it every single day? Do we look forward to it? Do Do we remind us every day when something goes on, when, when something you see going on in the world, does it remind you that the Lord's coming back? Or does it just make you think, oh my, this is getting bad. What What do I have to do to, to prepare, to get ready, to hide myself, to hide my family, to protect my family. What do I have to do? What you have to do is you have to turn to Jesus. That's what you have to do. That's what we have to do. I mean, I try to remind myself every time I start worrying about something, I start thinking about something. I'm like, you know what? It don't matter anyways. It don't matter anyways. And the great big picture of everything that God has what does what you have really matter? What does it really matter? It doesn't matter a lick. It doesn't. It really doesn't. What Christ has done, what God is doing, that's what matters. That's that's what will get you to the end of a thing. You know, Pastor Toby, I believe, he was talking the other day and he was saying how you know, you see Christians and they go through these really hard times. You don't have a clue how they're getting through them, but they're doing it with joy. How do they do that? Cause it doesn't matter to them. It's all about Christ. You know, if we had things, if we had a bigger picture about things, all these, all these things that are going on, the strife in the church wouldn't be there. All this, all this worrying about what, you know, what they're doing across the street or what they're doing down the road wouldn't really matter. It would matter here in the church because you want to keep your church, your your group, your people, your friends, your, your relatives, your family, keep them right. Help them be right. It's hard enough to, to just take care of your kids. You know, you worry about, you know, When I was growing up, I didn't think one lick about my kids. You know, when we were raising them younger, you always worry about like, you know, I sure hope they're okay. I hope they trust the Lord at a young age or, you know, stuff like that. You don't worry about really. Are they going to go away from the Lord? You don't really worry about all that stuff because that comes on later when they become teenagers Then you worry about that, you know, and then you start worrying about like when. When they get married, are they going to serve the Lord? Are they going to do what's right by God, not by me? You know, are they going to do what God wants them to do with their life? That's what you start worrying about. You see, this is not about you. That's just a little picture of it. God sees everybody and he's worrying about everybody. He's wanting everybody to do right. He's wanting everybody to follow him. But you see, we have a, We have a duty to stand, and how do you stand? You you stand by remembering what God's done. You stand by remembering what what God has not only done for you, but what He's done for others. You know, and then, and then the Bible also tells. I'm going to speed up a little bit, but He also tells us to to build our faith. Build your faith, the Bible says. It says, um. In verse 20, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You see, Wednesday night, when we have all those prayers going on, everybody's bringing their prayers, you know, up here and Jim's reading them, or whoever is up here is reading them. That's how your faith is grown. When those prayers are answered, your faith is grown. That's building up your faith. That's making you stronger. That's helping you. You see, the Bible will tell you things. Your prayer proves things. You can read all you want. Many people know the Bible. They know it a whole lot better than I do, and I don't know it at all. I'll just tell you that. But they they know the Bible. They can quote chapters. But the problem is, they don't know the Bible. Cause if they knew the Bible, that would give them faith enough to ask of God things that they can't understand. They can't possibly figure out. They can't possibly know. And then they will know God, how God works. That's how it works with the Christian life. You want to, you want to know how you can be a strong Christian, how you can mean something for the Lord. Read your Bible. Have faith. Believe him. Pray. Ask. Receive. See, I always heard growing up, I say growing up because I got, I got saved when I was, I started going to church, I'll say, when I, when I was 20. I got saved laying in the hospital bed when I was 16. But I tell you what, growing up in church, you always hear like how there's great Christians. There ain't no great Christians. There aren't any. They're just people that have chosen to serve the Lord. That's what they are. They're just people. You know, a great Christian can be a guy, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, whatever. That's got maybe one or two people, a handful of people under him. And they're just doing what God wants them to do. That's it. A great Christian accomplishes what God wants them to do with their life. The Bible tells us to fight. How how do you fight? You know, you're you're standing. You've got all the faith in the world. But the Bible tells us to fight. says in verse 22, the Bible tells us. And if some have compassion making a difference, compassion. It's not, I don't think it really means to have like a wallowing, sorrowful, pitiful, you know, compassion. No, it's a love. Amen. Right. It's a love for people. Yeah. You see people suffering. And in this verse, it's talking about how even those. That are false teachers. Those that are there and they're stirring up strife. Maybe they're doing it out of ignorance. Maybe they just don't know. See, a lot of times people are just going like the Bible says. Let me see if I can find that right quick here. Yeah, in verse 10, the Bible says, but these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things, they corrupt themselves. They're just going about what they think they know, what they've been taught. You see, they don't know Christ as their savior. So how are they going to know what the Bible actually says? They can know it. Like I said earlier, they can know the Bible. They can quote verses. They can quote everything. It doesn't mean they know the Christ of the Bible. And save, and others save with fear, pulling the men out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Amen. Some of them, you, rant, you win, you reach by being compassionate. You understand where they're at. And you reach out to them and you, you, you draw them back and you say, hey, you know what? This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. This isn't what the Bible says. And with compassion, you reach them. Others, Sometimes you just got to slap him in the head and just be like, hey, do you not know what you're teaching is a false heresy? Do you not realize that what you're teaching and what you're saying and what you're doing is anti-God? And you have to be able to explain that to him. See, some, you just have to be very abrupt. I'm not an abrupt person. I'm not, but sometimes you just have to be just blunt, just tell them how it is, just say it the way the the way it is you see I'm going to jump back to the beginning because Jude. In verse three, he says, beloved, I gave when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. Do we know what the common salvation is? I mentioned it earlier. Do we know what it is? If you're saved, you've heard it. Do you know what it is? Common salvation is the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the common salvation. That's what Jude was going to preach on. He was going to teach. He wasn't going to preach, but I mean, anyways, he was going to write this letter to them to remind them that that's what they're supposed to be doing. Telling others about Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be telling others about Christ. As a little side note, the people of Israel, I think this is kind of interesting to myself. Israel, Looking at it, when you look back on everything, when you look at the the people of Israel, the, the nation of Israel. You see them and what were they supposed to be? They were supposed to be a shining light. A beacon drawing all the flies to them. Why? So they can prove who God was. We as Christians are supposed to be doing the same thing. We're supposed to be there as a beacon, a testimony, an ambassador of Christ. Drawing all those flies. To Christ. Are we doing it? Are we doing it? Are we just sitting there? On the pew, not saying anything. You see stuff going on. You see a family having Questionable problems. You see a false teacher saying something. Not necessarily in the church, but just in general. Are you saying anything? Are you doing anything? Are you at least getting up and making yourself an example in walking out? Are you just sitting there? The book of Jude, chapter 20, or verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. And then the book of Revelation. The judgment of God falls. Everybody's head bowed. Everybody's eyes are closed. Lord, we thank you for this time that you've given to us. Lord, we ask that you help us to live for you. Help us to stand for you. Help us to follow you. Help us to always do those things that are pleasing in your sight, no matter what the cost. There are many people around the world that are in much, much, much harder places than we are. Yet we're running and they're they're standing. Lord, I ask that you just help us to To stand for you, help us to follow you, help us to serve you, help us to give our all to you. And Lord, I ask that you'll help me to be a better witness, a better testimony, a better Christian for you. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in your name.